Hello and welcome to the Xenothesis podcast. My name is Richard Acton, and this is episode 14, in which we're covering chapters 7 and 8 from part 3 Nursery of Book 1 Dawn of Octavia Butler's Xenogenesis trilogy. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, or am I? Perhaps I'm just hallucinating him because of some peculiar neuronal stimulation, and I've just been talking to myself this whole time. <laughs> Michael uh, Glinka, hello everyone. Being connected uh, as last chapter, you know, with an alien connected to my neck, having some weird, I would say, but pleasant experiences. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things get a little um, peculiar in peculiar. this chapter. Well, we call them peculiar, but for Lilith and Joseph, it seems to be nothing but pleasant. Yes, yeah, it sounds like they enjoyed it, but. Um, <laughs> probably a little weirded out i honestly this is like as you said last time and the last episode for joseph it's just like you know lilith had time to talk to touch daya you know it was all the taking time ah, mm. let's get joseph you know touch have sex like what yeah he uh, he had a steep curve of introduction <laughs> to the uh to everything to the pretty much yeah, yeah. Man, it's, it's just so funny, like, uh, the guy is having the time of his life, I think. Being awakened and then sex with an alien. It sounds like a parody. It literally does sound like some, some parody of sorts. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It, it's an interesting one because it, it's the sort of thing that, that sounds um, like kind of silly sci-fi stuff. But the what's what's done in like the way it's done in this book is is the the tone manages to remain very kind of uh, serious is quite the right word but it doesn't have the it doesn't have quite the same like in you know, a silly sci-fi kind of feel to it yes um, yes it, yeah it's a uh, it's it's well written in that regard right it doesn't feel like um, know, some weird space opera thing. In my opinion, it doesn't leave this awkwardness when you read some sort of the books, fantasy books, and there's some sort of sex in approaching, right? I mean, some mm. people thrive on it, fully understandable. I mean, you know, they're imagine it, it does wake up your imagination. But here, it's different. It sort of connects that idea of obviously, you know, contact of a human to human contact, which as often happens in you know, if you're in isolation, and this, this whole setup just feels like it's very sort of natural thing to happen. Right? It's not forced mm. and or really weirded out in a way in some books they do when the character is like a female appears and obviously the female throws herself into the protagonist's legs because he's the protagonist, right? This doesn't happen here. It's a bit different. And also it connects mm. this idea of like a different sort of idea of alien um, connection with humans, right? It's it's puts it in a completely, I would say, higher level than just physical um intimacy hmm. and i think yeah. it's very interesting because it does put a perspective on um things like you know things alien things and how would we approach because i mean obviously the internet is 80 or 90 percent of the internet is porn and out of it percentage <laughs> is about alien porn let's not be let's not kid ourselves <laughs> we all know what it is um <clears throat> but all of it it's often just very humanized type of porn right like obviously it's, it has to but here it's different it's there's this essence of like connection right we'll get to this when we get to the, the chapter I, I think it, it definitely 
like the because the author's female, I think that definitely uh, changes this perspective. Oh, yeah, so much sci-fi absolutely. is written by men, and that that <laughs> that um, yeah, I think that this you, you, this interesting unique perspective on on this uh, this interaction yeah, I think I definitely think, helps. From yeah, a, coming from a female lens. I mean, there is a subreddit called Men Writing Women, which basically encompasses what I just described, uh, <laughs> or how badly some authors write females and female-to-male interactions, mm. and which is absolutely mm. hilarious to uh, to read. But like mm. in general, I feel like this 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 chapter, um, although it's very brief on its description, just I think it's quite interesting to discuss on the, what, how it happens, right? Uh, yeah. The whole process. So let's maybe dive in. Let's uh, have your your pr- predictions, and then we'll do the summary. Sure. So I put a simple sentence, you know, um, well, two actually, in fact, that Nikant modifies Joseph, which he, it did, and then that Lilith and Joseph have sex via Nikanj with some, some strange connection, the way Nikanj allows them to connect their minds together. Uh, yep, I think you, you nailed that. As I said last time, I was not expecting this chapter. This is something completely abstract. Mm. I thought there's going to be some sort of drama arising right from it, but I mean, eventually it will, but um, still, it was something different. Were you expecting whether or not um, uh, Lilith and Joseph would sort of uh, uh, physically have sex or whether or not you, were, were you expecting this kind of thing where they don't actually like touch one another and do it all through Nikanj? Was that- I, to be honest, I thought it was going to be like connect both. Like, so it's, well, mm. what I mean is that the, there will be some sort of physicality between Joseph and Lilith. Cause I mean, that's what usually sex is about, right? The physicality. Mm. Um, but then it will be enhanced via Nikanj that basically mm. they they not only they can feel each other as they would normally feel when having sex but also um like being mentally connected their their minds being connected via nikanj to and en- to enhance that sort of feeling and sort of having that in depth but in here in the chapter it's obviously not physical it's fully a stimulation of their neuron like nervous system and their minds being connected interesting so I, I thought, you know, I mean, Lilith does, did say in the last chapter that this is what's going to happen when, uh, because she is at the moment not able to have children because she has some con- sort of natural contraceptive introduced to her. Yes, although I think Nikanj introduced that, right? And and her, um, she thinks to herself that this is the like the way by which she might someday become pregnant, pregnant with an yes, that- other than human child um, when she kind of hooks up to Nikanj in the end of the last chapter. So, uh, but I think it's not going to be just like that. I think it'll be physical, con- you know, physical contact with, let's say, Joseph, or because it seems to be Joseph being her partner. But like, it's going to be physical, but then via Nikanj in a way that Nikanj will control what's happening in their bodies. They're like, they're going to be the mental connection, but as well as the modification of the fertilized oocyte as it, as the process is happening. So Nikanj will modify it to add like the alienness, alien genes to it. Okay. I mm-hmm. think that's why I, I think I imagine it being like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the mechanics of it uh, are uh, 
<laughs> Interesting I'm, to think about. I mean, to be yeah. honest, I it's it's going to be weird. Like you know, it's yeah. I I I don't know how. I, I mean, Joseph. I mean, to be fair, Joseph throughout the whole thing was unconscious. Well, he was conscious, but under Nikanjit's full control. So <laughs> I don't yeah. know how he feels so about that, it. Um... Yeah, and I think and Lilith doesn't know how he feels about it. I think as well. It's, it, there's a definite, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, he's kind of being puppeted through this whole thing, which is uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said at the end of the last episode, a bit rapey. Yes, yes, um, yes. It yeah. does feel a bit um, without consent, sort of uh, process. But let's see how. I mean, let's see how it goes with after he wakes up uh, from this. Yes. But- but let's get to the summary, maybe, and then we'll yeah, yeah. discuss this as we go. So, chapter 7 summary. Um, the last chapter ended up with Lilith, Johnny, Nikan, and Joseph on the bed for some intimate time. And the chapter 7 starts with providing us with more insight on what she felt and perceived during that connection between Nikanj and Joseph, or to Joseph via Nikanj. And um, during the intercourse, although I used the word intercourse, it was mostly a mental connection here. Lilith stayed conscious as Nikanj did not want to cheat itself of sensation. Although Joseph was conscious, he was being controlled by Nikanj. And um, surprisingly, what when Lilith was trying to touch, at least grab Joseph's hand, Nikanj was like, no, no, no. Everything needs to go through me. Okay. Hmm. Um, so... She never knew. This is what um, Lilith uh, thinks of when, as she was, as this was happening. She never knew whether she was receiving Nikanji's approximation of Joseph, a true transmission of what Joseph was feeling, or some combination of truth and approximation, or just a pleasant fiction. And the feeling she was pressing was hard to understand. It wasn't like her being just herself but it was a time together as if joseph was always part of her and in book it's described nikanj focused on the intensity of their attraction their union it left with no other sensation it seemed itself to vanish as in nikanj vanished from the perception in that uh, connection she sensed only joseph felt that he was aware only of her this feeling of delight being in mm. one another continued for a long time throughout noon, evening, dusk, and night, not until she got really tired. So this is what, like, this is pretty much the end of the description of what was happening and um, between them. So it was sort of mental connection. And I was just wondering in here, was there, like, was it the consciousness being connected or was it something just, fi- like, more physical where there nerves and their pleasure centers in the brain mostly amygdala and the pleasure center called nucleus accumbens um mm. that were stimulated by nikanj or was it actually something more it, it's it always it seems to me like it's kind of a lower level like sensation type connection it's, it's not like they're kind of sharing thoughts or sort of more higher level intellectual sort of lilith's internal narrative like internal monologue is not you know interspersed with with aspects of what joseph is thinking mm, it's just true. more um yeah it's, it's sort of below the level of of you know whatever is um one's internal monologue is but but perceptually it sounds like they had this kind of ability to sort of feel what the other person was feeling i see yeah i see your point because i 
complete I didn't think about that like internal monologue because there's no sort of they don't converse between each other there's no connection sort of like telepathy mm. conversation it's more of um yeah it's like the the deep sense the whatever the brain is doing expressing whatever the hormones and you know the brain is releasing because of the pleasure being stimulated um they both can feel each other but in some sort of different way like as you know we men cannot sort of understand what females feel during such you know excitation the same goes vice mm. versa so it might be that the thing that they are feeling both the male and the female version of being excited i guess yeah yeah uh, i think that's a, a distinct possibility yeah and and also just the kind of the the um, more chemical hormonal aspects of their attraction to one another seem to be being enhanced conveyed through mm. this link yeah. yeah and it's kind of interesting the way that nikanj is playing this role between them it seems to sort of it's just like a bridge. It just it doesn't even do anything. It's like just connection between them. That's it. Yeah, it seems to be. Um, but that sort of uh, what does it describe it as? Like it, it kind of disappears out of the connection and yes. just leaves the two of them. Right. It, it has this kind of uh, being there, but not slight tri- distance. Yeah, it's yeah. like being there, but not trying to interrupt them at all. Just trying to be in the background while still perceiving mm. what they're both are feeling basically <laughs> oh dear man i honestly last last episode we were talking about um alien cult happening like if you know if if this was actually happening i 100 percent bet people would be like so into this oh yeah definitely yeah this would uh yeah there would definitely be a cult following of this <laughs> oh my goodness like uh, an alien kama sutra yes yeah, and it's kind of. I'm def- I'm curious about what what Nikanj is is kind of what what its role is in all of this because yeah, it seems to like playing the observer here almost. It's sort of it's facilitating, but somehow I, distant. I on the other hand right. feel like I understand his role. I wonder what he actually it actually feels, right? Yes. So it it might feel like oh, it's perceiving that what they're both perceiving in the same level, but. Or maybe it's not mm. like it depends on like how its brains were are uh, like the own Kali brains are developed right um whether mm. they have similar areas in their brains to that that responsible for pleasure centers and stuff like that um to also be firing similar or is it just like the perception but i wonder how the own Kali actually feel when mm. you know there's such thing like an intercourse happening it certainly seems like it can perceive that, but it sounds like it, it's interested in perceiving an, 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 uh, sort of as unadulterated a version of that connection as it can do, right? Because it doesn't seem to want to like interfere directly or mm-hmm. provide any particular input of itself. It's just it's connecting them and then uh, experiencing what that uh, does for them. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I don't know if it's in this section, but you know, there's this, and it's been talked about in various points before for not um, considering the uloi as male or female, but as something else entirely. Right? They have a they have another defined uh, role that is, you know, distinct. Yes. From the that binary, so the uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of a. A whole other, maybe whole other gender. 
Uh, maybe it's um, similar for Donkali as well, because I mean, there are male and females in Donkali, right? So mm -hmm. when there is an intercourse happening between Donkali, like the Uloi does the same thing, it just perceives the um, connection as well as guides the, I don't know, fertilization and modifies the um, oocyte or the zygote or whatever it, you know, the process is uh, that takes place in Donkali. Um, it modifies it. So it might be just like, instead of thinking of it as like a sex, it's more like a bridge, a connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It seems to be its, uh, yeah, its role. It's the connection uh, element. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, instead of like thinking, it, yeah, so instead of like thinking of it as like a third sex, it's basically a connection between the two sexes, I would say. Uh, yes. Although I suppose it's not, uh, I think it's it's still worth thinking of it as kind of a, a distinct um, category in that regard. So it, it's acting as a as a bridge, but it's a you know it's a conscious bridge. So mm, it yes, has its, yes, yes. You know, it would have its own kind of um, impact on that. And I it, it, you know it seems like it has some capacity to to filter or manipulate potentially what's going on in that connection. So it might have mm. a role in um, mediating the connection between the the male and the female. So the I don't know, can it improve things? Mm, I guess uh, so. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. <sighs> but you know. A whole new uh, leg to add to the sexual politics world. complication. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, honestly. I just, it, it would be fascinating to see something like this happening on Earth. Hmm. Um, it would lead to another level of so given how um these these chapters are relatively short we can afford some tangents so it's a uh it, i think this sort of thing will become a technical possibility to a certain degree when we do more um neural interface type stuff i guess so i guess so eventually i mean you know it that's where the technology leads us that eventually the cyber sex will be you know real reality right it's like you know I mean, I can sort of imagine it being like the following, where basically via the neural link, as you're saying, the connection that's developed between, or via internet, right? You can feel it and then, I don't know, you either perceive that feeling of touch to another person, or you have, I don't know, a mannequin in front of you, and when whatever you touch, the other person feels it. Don't know. But it's definitely there, that, that eventually this will happen. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes though we're a little unimaginative about what we think about what could be done with the whole um, neural link type technology. So a lot of a lot of sci-fi has kind of things like you know you have some some implants where you have some like perceptual overlays where you, know, you got like a heads-up display in your vision or mm -hmm. um, you know sort of enhanced hearing and stuff. Um, but it seems to me like. Um, and I suspect when we start doing kind of visual implants, we, I mean, we might do the heads up display type stuff where you add some things to kind of the perceptual field by you know, stimulating the um, you know, visual cortex or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think we'll probably also do things like effectively, so that uh, like the, the visual cortex has a, a fairly direct mapping to the back of your retina. Right. Yep. So that there's kind of like there's a 2D sheet of neurons that are stimulated, and that kind of represents a like a grid of visual perception that's on your brain. And it seems to me like we could uh, definitely like replicate that with a 
uh, an additional thing. So you'd end up with not necessarily just like an overlay of on your existing visual field, but you could create a, se- a separate additional visual field. Mm-hmm. So instead of having just like, you know, your two eyes, you'd have a third perceptual field that would be like a screen. Okay. You know, so instead of, you know, with the way we have it now, we just have two eyes and, and we can only kind of take in like visual stuff through those eyes. And we have this kind of blended visual field because we're, you know, both eyes face forward. We're not even like eyes on the side of a head having to merge two. But I think we'll end up with our ordinary visual field and then another one. Which is just, you know, we're aware of it in the same way that, I, you know, animals that have eyes that look in different directions have, like, two separate fields of vision. Yes, I, I see what you mean. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we'll have, like, another field of vision that's just permanently part of our perceptual apparatus, but it's a screen, effectively, but yeah. in our head. Right? Yeah. So it'll just be a little, like, array of electronics sat on the surface of our visual cortex, and we'll have a little screen so we can permanently see... You, to uh, be honest, uh, whatever it is we're looking at. To be honest, I feel like one thing I would like to do it's happened right before. I know maybe when within our lifetimes is that I would like to perceive the colors or like the the light spectrum of the light wavelengths are above and beyond hmm. the visible light spectrum. So in the infrared, yeah, that's always one I've wanted. To so say. I would love to see that. How do some animals like the praying mantis? Uh, is praying not praying mantis? Um, the mantis shrimp. Mantis shrimp yes, uh, same. Mm. Th- the word mix up. Yes, the mantis shrimp that it can perceive the massive range, much higher range of spectrum um, than humans. So I would like to see that, like sort of this perceived. So I, I can't remember whether not the mantis shrimp actually. So it has a lot more individual um, color sensors, like seventeen or something different, like. Um, light sensitive compounds that can be stimulated in its neurons to, mm-hmm. to get input. Um, I can't remember whether or not that actually results in a higher resolution of the color gamut. I think it, it does. and um, But in some ways it's not quite as good as ours. I forget exactly what the mechanics of that are, well, but it can definitely see, I think further into the, the, um, the UV. But the other really neat thing that they can do is they can see polarization. Uh-huh. So both linearly and circularly polarized light, they can distinguish the difference, which is particularly useful because they um, they often try to catch prey which are transparent. Yeah. But the transparency polarizes the light, so they can see the difference in the polarization to find their prey. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's that's the thing. Like, for me, I would just see like to see how. What people don't often realize, I think, is that you know when you turn on your radio or something, right? Uh, I mean, no, who has radios anymore? Usually older people. But anyway, the radio, the wavelengths, the the waves are all around you all the time. It's just whether we have a device that can read those wavelengths, right? They can, you know, to or mm-hmm. transform them into something that we can perceive. I just would like to one day be able to see that mesh or that that mess yeah. or around around us. You yeah, know. yeah. I, I I agree. Yeah step out from that comfort zone of like you know seeing all those colors and everything into that seeing more like more of those things mm, definitely yeah and things like so the ability to see infrared for example uh would have actually really quite interesting and complex social consequences right because if everyone could see infrared infrared adds an interesting temporal component to visual perception right because stuff you know if you touch something or you sit on a chair or whatever it gets hot 
and then it remains there for a while after you've left. So it's not, you know, most of vision is sort of instantaneous, right? There's not much or, you know, light speed type stuff. Mm -hmm. there's, there's not a history to it. Whereas infrared confers this kind of historical bit. So there's a lot of kind of little little day-to-day -day things, like perhaps you know, little day-to-day -day deceptions or kind of simplifications of narrative that we send to one, say to one another might not be as easy to get away with. Yes. If you can see a little bit of the history of what just happened, right? If you can see the, the heat from something that was just touched, or you can see slightly through the, the walls to perceive, you know, the heat signatures of stuff on the other side, that has quite substantial social implications. I I think where you're heading at with this, and my, I, I sort of see what you mean. I mean, this would be incredible sort of advantage for forensic science, uh, for example. Mm. Uh, but in overall, like, or technology in general, because if something is uh, broken, you can see the thermal effect of, you know, like the the, re the release of heat, for example, from broken capacitors or something like that. So, mm. I, I mean, there's so many applications you could, use it yeah it'd for. be super useful yeah so but yeah it has a lot of like implications for privacy and stuff. yes i think yeah. so so it'd be yeah. interesting i see uh, i think and but i still would be quite interested and willing to to be able to see something like that at least at the end oh, of yeah, my life yeah. I'm, I'm not i'm not uh, saying it's not a good idea i'm just saying <laughs> no i know it I know. would change the it. social dynamics of, yeah it of, would really change of, uh, i mean lives. It, this yeah. is what like you know all the cyberpunk theme style of like books and you know ideas come from right that, that mm. there's this idea that people uh, that humans modify themselves with machines that so that they are more perceptive faster right but uh, so the, the, one of the things that um superhero narratives often do very poorly in the mainstream is appreciate perceptual powers well enough mm-hmm because right. a lot of the time, people who have the sort of you know some kind of superhero ability, some superpower in these narratives, they have a perceptual component, right? They can often see some stuff that, or you know, uh, some ability to perceive something related to the power that that they don't take advantage of nearly as much as they should. Mm. Superman's always ridiculously overpowered, but you know he's a good example for this. For the so you know you can take. Like his ability to just sort of like see and hear basically everything anywhere is like massively underutilized by comparison with his sort of brute strength powers. I think, Whereas yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, no, that's a, uh, uh, no, especially for like humans, right? Hum we're, we're, our information is our medium of warfare, right? It's we intelligence and getting information and the ability to to you know use that as, as leverage and manipulate one another with information is how we do our like conflicts, right? The the brute force stuff is almost kind of incidental as a, like a secondary thing, right? All of it goes on at the level of information for the most part. Yeah. Even even when you go back to you know if you read like chimpanzee politics by by Franz Duval, right? Even before we were humans, right? Most of the conflict is going on at the level of like politics and information and alliances and stuff. Right? So it's like it, 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 the perceptual powers far more than the brute force of a thing where the leverage can be had. Um, but uh, that rarely comes up in, in most superhero stories. Yeah, I think I see your point because the idea of being able to perceive certain things that other people can't uh, would definitely give you an 
definite advantage or in some circumstances. And I see, and I see why. But Superman is the problem here because of his ridiculous um, overpowered, just being overpowered in general. So, yeah. and most. Oh, so if, if if you want to look at somewhere where this is, I think done very well is uh, something I mentioned way back in the first episode. I don't know if I've mentioned it since, but Worm, um, yeah. Wild Bo's uh, superhero story, where the perceptual elements of people's powers are often the important and determining factor of, of whether or not they uh, uh, do well. Yeah. So I need to still read Warm, but each time I think it, I have to sit down and there's so many things to read that, especially Warm, <laughs> its length is just... Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a serious undertaking. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I will eventually, but... Oh. Yeah, it's 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 worth worth getting to eventually, but uh, yeah, it uh, you can take your time with it. I, I think uh, it took me a while to actually <laughs> uh, get all the way through it because uh, uh, when I first started, so the, actually, uh, uh, I I almost finished it before there was an audiobook version, which is a massive compliment coming from me <laughs> because I almost never read something that doesn't have a an audio version. Um, yeah, I say it was good enough to motivate me to to read all the way through it in in uh, in paper. Well, not paper, in electronic form. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> right, should we go back from the tangent? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, to where should we be returning from our tangent? Um, well, we just the whole exactly where uh, Lilith and Joseph Nikanch finished is basically finishing. Um, so hmm. the end is, it's all, it's whole situation finished, this whole sort of intercourse via Nikanj and, um, basically ended up with apparently Liv shouting at some point, which surprised Nikanj, but ended up with Lilith, um, uh, with sore throat, which was healed by Nikanj, um, all that, and you only screamed once. It told her, "How did you let me do even that?" She asked. "You surprised me. I never made you scream before." This is actually very interesting. So it must have happened before, right? This sort of stimulation of her pleasure senses by Nikanj, right? This mm. is what it implies here, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not. We don't get that much uh, more about. Uh, yeah, this is, it's this kind of unstated thing last chapter as well where there was kind of alluded to to past interactions of of a similar nature yeah which is interesting because you would think like this is what Lilith why Lilith confuses me right all this time she thinks of the Uloi as um the captors well she says to them just I don't know to maybe maybe make the humans that she has awakened to um to follow her guide understand her i don't know to to be on the same page as uh, with her but at the same time she did benefit and she did things like that with them i don't know it just feels to me a strange uh contradiction in her i don't know if she just ah yeah i mean to, to me it's it, it seems psychologically realistic that that kind of dissonance would be I mean, yes, um, Stockholm syndrome is a yeah. real thing. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, she's in this environment with with no other humans, and she's got these other intelligent beings with which she is necessitated to interact. So, you know, like she she's going to have a you know an acclimatization to that mm-hmm. that's going to be normalized. 
but she's still going to have these kind of intellectual reservations about whether or not she's selling out the species um, and the you know the other kind of thoughts of you know they, they did rescued the species and they are going to put us back on earth and maybe if we play along we might be able to break away at some point yeah so there's you know the, the kind of justifying and um concern and a certain amount of legitimate um optimism for a, a future mutually beneficial relationship between the species it's in it so it's a it's a complicated mix yeah no i understand i understand so this is where Nikanjanilis discussed this whole situation. You know, Lilith asked Nikanj if anything that she felt was made up by it, but Nikanj tells her that it was all them, right? It was all what Bodna. It was even overwhelming, overwhelming for Nikanj. And um, when the Lilith calls out to Joseph, it's, we are told that he's just deep deep asleep he's not responding because he's deep asleep after all this he, f- he felt everything i felt and he kind of goes on sen- on the sensory level intellectually he made his interpret interpretations and you made yours i wouldn't call them intellectual you understand me <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a certain um intellectual aspect to, you know she was doing that wondering about how much of this is is kind of my experience of of what um actually joseph's Joe's experiencing yeah. and how much of this is what nikanj is, is showing me or inventing um that yeah we don't get really any insight into what joseph is thinking about this at this point so it's um, no not yet so i yeah i, th- I was trying to put ourselves in his head for a second because that's going to be an interesting place to occupy in this chapter. I think it'll be quite traumatic, I would even um, say. Yeah, yeah, because he's, I mean, so let's, if we go back to what, what happened, right, he uh, was in the in this room with, with Lilith, mm-hmm. and then the weird alien tentacle monster comes through the wall. Um, and, you know, Lilith has an argument with it about genetically engineering him so that he doesn't get killed by the other humans both in english and in different language he he cannot yeah understand. in in a yeah in a mix of a language that he doesn't understand and then uh it grabs lilith around the neck and she's like don't worry about it's it it's cool it's just it's cool. showing me what it wants to do to you and he's like do it to <laughs> and me like, uh, okay um yep yeah, um i mean i suppose he's reasoning that uh the ability to heal a bit more quickly is probably going to be you know conducive to staying alive given our current situation so i'll and then roll with it and then all of a sudden he's uh initially unconscious and then apparently awoken to be fully controlled kind of... not being able to do anything by it himself because he's controlled by an yeah. alien Oh boy! So I woke into like some kind of weird version of locked-in syndrome, where yeah. his body is being puppeted by an alien, and he's experiencing sexual pleasure and <laughs> the pleasure of the other part, and oh some boy, weird oh neural link thing. Yeah. So, so I, I uh, yeah, I, I can't really quite picture what he must be thinking. Oh my god! <laughs> it it must be really like, yeah, I. I don't know how I feel about this. 
it's the guy is like, oh, this is alien. Like he's seen the alien for his st- first time in life, and he goes about to touch it, and then he kind of wraps his wrist, and then makes him go unconscious, and then he just goes connects to his nervous system, to his body, and then eventually just goes like, hi, Lilith, they want to join us, and then it's just like. And then he goes through a mind-blowing sex with, via alien. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if... There's a, a definite, like, strong juxtaposition there because, you know, he had this, as mostly, this initially fairly strong kind of revulsion reaction to the to the alien. And, and uh, although he was able to, you know, overcome that enough to touch him. But, like, you know, going from that to this other extreme... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think if I was in his feet, I would be like, okay, that was interesting. Never ever fucking do this again to me ever again without my consent. <laughs> yeah. There was there's yeah. a limit of how much a human mind can take in in one go. I agree. Yeah. I think that might be one of the kind of um you know, the reaction it it is sort of so much that you just sort of go right. Um okay. Um sort of detach from yes. the situation. It was like a dream. Like, I a can't really, weird really dream. handle this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can see him being uh, surprised. Mm. Yeah, I honestly, uh, I know that uh, I, I, eventually there's going to be a chapter that basically, I think one of my predictions of chapter nine, I put that um, there's going to be a conversation between Lilith and Joseph about this, and I'm sure it's gonna be like that. Like, mm. okay, I get it. I've experienced that. Don't do that ever again without my consent. Yep, I, I think that's a solid prediction. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's go back to this chapter because it's almost finished. Um, where basically mm. there's there's something happens after this conversation, you know, with Lilith and Kanj that Lilith does something surprising. She moves her hand over Nikanj's chest, taking a perverse pleasure in feeling its tentacles squirm and flatten under her hand. And surprise Nikanj, that's what she's doing and making the lift stop, but it says that the touch doesn't bother her it. But then it just jumps out of bed and it's like, okay, bye-bye, that was nice. <laughs> nice one-night one stand. Uh, but just before it leaves, um, uh, Lilith grabs its hand and asks do you like him the point of focus briefly on joseph and the country goes actors and the chan are mystified it said they thought you would choose one of the big dark ones because they are like you i said you would choose this one because he's like you and the kind tells her hmm. that he knew that she would choose him because he's very similar to her Lily surprised by the insight of Joseph by Nikanj, uh, on Joseph by Nikanj, asks, how does he know him so well? And we are told that Nikanj was looking for someone good for her, someone that, you know, not on another Paul Titus, and it found Joseph. And the chapter ends with this conversation. You, you choose him for me? I offered you one to another. The two of you did your own choosing. It opened the wall and left her. And that's the chapter eight summary finished. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So it's it seems like the uh, uh, the other Owen Carly are still uh, struggling to understand the humans, and Nikanji is a little further along in I that think, regard. Um, yeah, I think Nikanji is much, much more like the whole um, uh, situation with Kaguya 
the whole attitude of Kaguya towards Lilith, the whole mm. attitude, uh, the whole situation Paul Titus, the whole attitude of Chitaya towards Lilith. Uh, I think Nikanj was observing all of that, and it it is much more intelligent than all of those other Onkali we've met so far. That it perceives her and understands her Lilith in such a level that um, Lilith doesn't realize it herself. Hmm. It's kind of odd to me that the because uh, Nikanj is explicitly bred for the purpose of this this trade with the humans, yes. right? They've mentioned that before. And it seems like the other Onkali don't quite give that as much weight as it perhaps should have. Because, I mean, uh, I suppose it's tempered by the fact Nikanj was, was young initially. But, like, uh, the fact that, you, you know, that you've explicitly bred this these Uloi, or this Uloi in particular, mm. for this task, seems like you'd kind of put more weight on their thinking about yes. interactions with the humans. But, no, it feels yeah. to me like even though the Onkali have this sort of more collective type of thinking, right, between the, each other, uh, there's still some sort of the prejudice against the age, right, and lack of experience. But it seems that hmm. Nikan's intelligence and ability to grasp the situation is much more, I would say, a genius level of maybe of the Onkali where... It learned a lot from the the young the young Uloi that was couldn't speak English to where it is now, being to understand humans to such a level that it just picked almost I would say not perfect but they a mate that literally can understand Lilith to the level that she doesn't even realize. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it it's definitely very perceptive about human um i suppose human psychology mm. i just i just feel like from all of the onkali um although initially i was very a big fan of chitaya nikanj really mm. grew in my eyes as yeah in general the attitude when the paul titus situation when he was the only one saying this is a very bad idea because uh this may happen and yeah, then, that was definitely a strong point in its favor. And the whole idea of, you know, it supporting uh, Lilith and just in general, just, um, I don't know. It just feels to me, and as much as that would, I don't know, my, maybe my opinion might be wrong here and many people may not may disagree with this, but I think when it came to all the aliens, I think if I had a choice to put with who, whether I would, if there's a choice of no aliens or aliens like Nikanj, I'll go for the aliens with Nikanj. Because one, you would learn a lot from modern things because, you know, this, this is a science mind talking. But I think if aliens like that, you know, took on, came on Earth and gave us the opportunity or choice, right? I would prefer to have some someone, something that is able to understand us in such a level. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it still definitely has some uh, some some gaps in its understanding oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. some some uh, you know some uh, very alien ways of, of thinking from human perspective. But uh, it, it definitely seems to be getting much much closer um, than the others and is improving. Yeah. I mm. yeah yeah. So let's go maybe to my chapter eight predictions and then 
get to the summary of sure. it. So chapter eight predictions were for me were that well, we know that uh, the rest of the humans um, that were awakened by Lilith were waiting for food and which has been risen several times by everyone the last two chapters mm. and so basically my prediction was there's an unrest between the humans as they're just all waiting hungry to get food from Lilith to, to for Lilith to let them open to open the the doors for the where the food is stored for quite a long time actually in fact because we were we are told that the noon evening then the dusk and the night you know past where, where Lilith was it sounds like it's been almost a full day since they were last fed yeah so there must be quite a bit of unrest there and i thought there would be some fighting again uh physical fighting i think that lilith will have to stand up again uh not just sort of variable um assertion of dominance but also a physical uh fight and i th- and the physical okay. thing i the fighting actually i was wrong uh there is no yeah at least at least with Lilith I, I suppose that there may have been some off screen as it were um mm. in group conflict yeah mm. there's one thing that really surprised me here in this chapter but we'll get to it uh when we get to Tate and her new mate I would mm. say so maybe let's start the chapter yeah yeah um uh, so the chapter eight starts with uh, people silently radiating hostility towards Lilith as she calls them out like a canteen lady calling kids to eat, you know, while opening the the doors to the storage. Uh, and the two best friends of Lilith, I'm being sarcastic here, it's about time, Peter von Weirden. If we were through screwing, that is, Jean Pellerin added. And this is this fun. I personally felt satisfaction is like Lilith looked at Jean, her bruised, swollen face <laughs> after <laughs> sending her mm. a few punches in the face. Um, mm. And yeah, they're sort of being pretty shitty about all this. You know, they're not not uh, not all happy. To me, I would be grumpy if I would have to wait for food, and I am a slob yeah. when it comes to I want to eat and I need to eat now. So I would be <laughs> same. Yeah, although it, it seemed like, um, uh, as Nicandra saying that this is kind of a an assertion of Lilith's authority to a degree, right? You know, they're, they're forced to wait. So perhaps this is why there wasn't a direct physical confrontation with her. Mm. Right? It's uh, uh, you know she has the the power to control the food, I mean, and she's just exercised it. That's basically what yeah. wolves do, right? Like the alpha eats first. Mm or lions um the alpha eats first and then the rest have to wait and then until it's happy full and then the rest of mm. them just go or at least someone higher up the the dominance hierarchy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. lilith announces then that she will awaken 10 more people tomorrow and that and that the already awakened people will help them to acclimatize singly on and pairs and as she was saying mm-hmm. that she was opening the comments for people to collect the things they want and the food they want and that's where Gabriel Rinaldi the actor starts to complain it's ridiculous for you to have to do that Lilith make them stay open but Lilith responds that that's the idea you know they have to stay open for two three minutes but then they close to replenish or until she touches the door again 
if you ask me, the mm. walls are fixed to, uh, that way to keep us from thinking about what we ought to do to our jailer, uh, jailer Peter said. Liv waited, wondering whether anyone would defend her. Which, to be honest, I'm surprised that Tate and Gabriel, uh, Tate didn't say anything. But hey, no one said, uh, hmm. sa- no one did. Though silence spread to other groups, and Lilith, in response, go went to his group and just said that you know things can change. He can maybe turn everyone against her, but then everyone would be put to sleep again, and this process would be repeat over and over and over again until they learn to cooperate and shut up. And after that, she just went to talk, join Tate, Gabby, and Leah. And you know, Tate congratulates her on a long overdue warning, um, but it won't work because they don't care if they start again. And they care, Gabriel told her. Even with his blue black beard, he was one of the best looking men Lilith had ever seen. And he was still sleeping exclusively with Tate. Although Lilith liked him, she could tell that he did not trust her because she could see his expression when she caught him watching her sometimes. So this is where I'm really confused, still confused about Tate, right? So now hmm. she, we know that Gabriel Rinaldi was the guy who um, confused uh, Onkali, that he was playing, he was the actor and he was playing those different yes. characters. So it's sure that he knows how to play someone he actually isn't. But Lilith notices that mm. he is not certain, like he still doesn't trust her. And yet they act like he acts like on being friends. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, I think it makes sense as a as a pairing though, Tate and, oh, and, yeah, because they're, and Gabriel, because they're, they're both um manipulative yes. in some ways. Yeah. yeah, so it it feels to me they, they matched really well each other. But like so mm. I'm really thinking what the hell is Tate and Gabriel like plan, right? Tate's plan obviously was is is unknown and I'm still very um worry of her. Like hmm. although Lilith likes her, or at least um they both um accept each other. Yeah, I think uh, perhaps like respects her competencies yeah. might be a better yeah, way. They of... Sort of ac- <laughs> I don't know about likes. I would say accept yeah. each other, right? They they accept hmm. each other, but I it just feels to me that if anything went wrong it wouldn't be the, the, you know, the Peter or whatever, those unknown, unrelevant people, right? It would be Gabriel and Tate that would be the head of the opposing group. Not even the head, they would be like the head in the shadows, right? You know what I mean? Because mm. it, it okay. just, yeah, it's like, it feels to me that either what's going to happen is that they don't believe her, obviously, um, as the mm. as the chapter actually goes and explain, uh, but when Joseph will come out and actually suddenly his attitude changes that yeah he fully believes her because he must have seen her, something, um, then Gabriel Tate will be like what did he see that changed his mind, and well either just because they had said you know Joseph and Lilith had sex and they're just basically that's the reason or he actually saw something mm. right so it's. I, I'm still really. I would be very worried of uh, worry of them if I was Lilith. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it a lot. I think a lot will depend on on where they where they come down, where they decide to sort of uh, place their That's, uh, the bet yeah. with their allegiances. Yeah, if they they believe Lilith and think that she's she's a, a sort of good bet to be on the winning side, as it were, then they might well be uh, useful and and good for her. But 
at the same time, they'd be very dangerous as yeah, if they go the other way. It feels to me that this... I, I'm really... Uh, I don't like this, I would say. it's It feels to me that they would... I don't know if they're not doing anything or they're just playing both cards, right? Or both, both groups. Mm. Uh, but whatever they're doing, it must be... But anyway. Yeah, so they, they, they both kind of come off as fairly... Uh... I don't know dispassionate in that regard, and like I think that their allegiance will be with I don't know, the the side they think's gonna win, as it were. They they don't seem like they have a strong loyalty to a particular. Yeah. Uh, but then again, this is what the group. book is actually saying. You no, know? like they've hmm. made personal ties here. He said to Leah, "Think what they have had before: war, chaos." family and friends dead, then solitary, a jail cell and shit to eat. They care very much, so do you. She turned to face him angrily, mouth uh, already open, but the handsome face seemed to disarm her. She sighed and nodded sadly. For a moment she seemed to close to tears. How many times can you have everyone taken from you and still have the will to start again, Tate muttered. But Lilith here thinks that shows what she really is like, you know, like she would try as many times as possible, right? This is mm. one thing about Liv, her stubbornness and per- perseverance. She wouldn't give up. Yeah, she has a very resilient character. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, Gabriel thinks that everyone believes Lilith, but the conversation goes again into a denial from Tate. You know, Tate goes like, you know, about the lying, like how much of the, what she's saying is lying. Is like, Lilith tells them that she may have omitted some things, but it doesn't matter because even though they may believe her now, eventually they will think she lied to them. And, you know, as this conversation goes on, Lilith Tate sort of pushes her again. Lilith explodes and tells them again what she has been saying about their captors and whether they are, you know, on the ship and all, all those things they're seeing is real, just need mm-hmm. to accept it. And Tyrovich just stands up, mm-hmm. you know, goes to get some food for Joseph and leaves the group. But before she leaves, Gabriel throws a joke that she could bring food for him to bed and the chapter ends with Lilith smiling you know truly smiling thinking that at least with whatever happens she could talk to those three yeah I think she um, I'm a I'm a little concerned for the degree of trust she may be placing in them yeah I mean yeah although Leah as we know was a bit apprehensive of um, Lilith but I think she likes her, although she doesn't say much. But Tate and Gabriel, hmm. I think, are the biggest two unknown, two, uh, big, yeah. two unknown, two big unknowns to actually put the trust in. And I agree. Yeah, I I think that, uh, Leah's much more likely to be um, uh, loyal. And I think that it's it's in the long run. I mean, unless something, I I think this is what's going to happen in the long run. Eventually, Tate and Gabriel are going to get tired of um, this whole situation, right? It's going to be very, uh, like, it's it's going to be like this, that there will be some unre- vo- un- voices of unrest. People will be, like, um, going against uh, Lilith. Joseph will spring out and say, actually, I fully support her because I saw. And what she says is 100% true. And then they'd be like, oh, why would we trust you since you're screwing up, screwing with Lilith, right? 
And then mm. Lilith looking at for support from Tate and Gabriel and stuff, they'd be like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this is, you know, like, we actually, we are not certain whether should we trust you. So, you know, mm. and... So you think they'll kind of undercut her yes, at a crucial yes. moment. And then yeah. as the moment's going to happen, right, Nikan's just going to open the door and walk in and everybody be like, oh, fuck, right? And then be like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then that that point, Tate and Gabriel realize that they've placed their bets a bit wrongly, that they've pushed their cards too far too quickly, and they've undermined their understanding or, or at least the relationship with Lilith that although she would be like, okay, okay, I get you, but no, not anymore will they be on the same standing, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and I would, to yeah, be honest, I like and I would, to be honest, I would be in that, I, I would be very, I mean, to be fair, right, if I would be one of those humans awakened and somebody tells me the aliens, right, and shows the wall, uh, you know, we discuss this, right, they can grow mm. the walls and whatever, I'd be like, okay, gotcha, we're in a place where we can't do much, we're basically like in a prison, you seem to be able to, I get the plants, I get the stuff, and it does look like mm. you're saying the truth, I'm still not certain until I see from my own eyes, but I don't know. I would say I would be more complacent, not complacent. Uh, I'll be like, okay, let's see. Like Joseph, right? Uh, let's see what the evidence pr- uh, brings us. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I, I'd be of the same mind. Right? Like, okay, the, there's clearly uh, you know, this is an unfolding situation, and there's a like. Uh, our captors have some set of intentions for us at the moment there's not really anything we can do about it so let's just work to quietly play yeah, along work together you know, tries. be be the uh, uh, do a bit of the kind of um, maybe even the the sort of gray man type strategy right don't draw attention to yourself yeah. just be quietly competent in the background without doing you know, don't be the one who's last. Don't be the one who's drawing too much attention yeah. to themselves. Just so I would. I mean, you know, that be so ready. I would be like, no, I wouldn't be trying to be smart and manipulating anyone because one, I'm not smart enough to yeah. manipulate anyone in the first place uh, to <laughs> any degree. But like, it's just the fact of like, I wouldn't be trying to place my bets on something knowing that you're in captivity and style still try to stir up shit, right? Like it's mm. like it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. The, the the smart bet is is waiting for a much better opportunity than any of those that are currently available, right? It's uh, you got to. And I feel like keep your head down until something develops. Yeah, where you might actually. Have and I feel like this do. is the point where actually Tate and Gabriel are not as intelligent as they think they are. They yeah. are sort of still questioning everything instead of just shutting their traps up and then um, observing mm. the situation. Just yeah, and yeah. move in and moving along with Lilith in, uh, instead of they still act like, oh, are you sure that you're saying truth? Like as if they're trying to trip her or at least make her say something that doesn't add up to the previous stories, so they can have this gotcha yeah. moment. Um, hmm. It's the sort of uh, uh, short-term political cunning, as it were, but it's not really strategic. Yeah. Right. Uh, they they kind of short, uh, maybe smart over a, a short time horizon, and 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 in a 
um, perhaps under more ordinary circumstances. But yeah, this is this is a situation where the long game makes more sense, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it's, I don't know. I I get that there will be unrest and people getting angry and then some idiots like walking around and looking for trouble because they have nothing else to say. So even if you say state mm. quiet, right? At some point one of those fools would go around is like, and what do you, do you have, you have nothing to say, you know, blah, 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 right? And mm. whatever you say would not, would probably end up in a fight anyway, right? So it's like, oh yeah. so yeah. I, no, it's not, uh, yeah, I'm not advocating for the sort of completely uh, passive strategy, but rather the uh, avoiding conflict where possible, but not, you know, backing down when that might be an issue no no absolutely but what i'm saying is that like eventually one of the like as shown in the chapters like things like this happen people fighting and then you know counting down and like i, I it's just for me like mm. i get that you're getting bored and unre- like restless but at this point you have a choice if you show any sort of weakness to whoever is keeping you here you will you're like you're just like presenting yourself on a silver dish hmm. patience and collecting the facts and observing is the most important thing that you can do at the moment agreed i don't know like i don't know how if i was in such a situation actual situation whether i would mentally be able to do what i'm saying now yeah it's it's, it's a, a a bit of a gulf between uh saying something actually experiencing and doing it and actually yeah. doing it yeah yeah the ability to execute on the <laughs> what you actually think is the the but best thing but yeah. i just feel yeah. like mm-hmm. this attitude of um gabriel and tate is really is going to bite in their ass yeah and it feels to me that they will be like you no know, and then when this whole situation when I described earlier is going to happen, they'd be like, oh, Lilith, oh, Lilith, and just, like, trying to butter up to her. But at that point, I'd be like, sorry, guys, you've um, you've made your choice. You've played your cards wrongly here, and you can't really go back. Although, obviously, they'll be useful because I'm sure they have the ability to collect people around them, if you know what I mean. So, Yes, yeah, they both seem like... Um uh somewhat charismatic in their own ways um so yeah i think they will be able to uh, attract followers yeah so let's maybe go through the chapter nine prediction because that was a long time prediction but hmm. uh, there was one more thing i just wanted uh-huh. to revisit from your the summary of the last uh-huh. section there um just about lilith um telling them the truth so i think um it might have sounded from the summary as though she was kind of admitting that she might have omitted some stuff to them, but I think that wasn't. It was more like the Owen Carly have probably lied to her by omission. She's telling them what she observed, what yeah, she knows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they, you know, she may well be wrong if they've misled her by not telling her the full truth. Mm, mm. Yes, absolutely. Mm. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not just. Um, yeah, she didn't lie to them. It's just more of like there must be may have been some omitted information that she's not aware of. Hmm. But you know, it's when those things happen, right? I people just start putting, you know, sharing, like sending blame left and right. It's like, oh, nice, you know, like if you think oh, I wasn't aware of this, and they're like, oh, nice, trying to hmm. shift the blame. It's like I'm not shifting blame. I'm still responsible for what I did, but I, whatever I did 
could not go any other different because I had not full set of information to work from. Mm. I don't know. It just feels to me like uh, often when the situations appear, it's always like blood boiling, infuriating sort of situations. Like, you know, this is not the truth. And yet people get emotional about things that you, they have no power off over. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's the, um, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the fundamental attribution error where, um, like mistakes that you make are for reasonable and understandable reasons. Um, and the mistakes that other people make are because they're idiots and incompetent, <laughs> right? Yes. It's the, uh, <laughs> you know, cause you, you don't see what's going on inside their head. Right. So when you, um, and have a crappy morning and you've, you've like run out of coffee, so you couldn't have your morning coffee and, and you've like stubbed your toe on the way out the door and then you've got a flat on your bike and you know, everything goes wrong. You get to the office and you're a bit snippy. Yeah. Uh, Everyone else is like, oh, you're being kind of unpleasant this morning. But you're like, you know, I had a really crappy morning. I have a reason to yeah. be unpleasant. They don't know yeah. that. It's the, yeah. No, I get it. I get yeah. it. It happens to everyone. So the chapter nine prediction, right? This is where we, as we talk, this is the conversation that Joseph and Lilith are going to have about what happened, what he experienced, whether he wants or not to experience it ever again. And the next steps they should take from there. As in like how, how, how mm. they will approach this whole situation, you know, telling people how Joseph should behave or how, what he should be saying, you know. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sounds uh, reasonable. Yeah. It definitely does seem like the, um, like a, a conversation needs to be had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> after, if uh, they the didn't, that eight. would be really bad in general. Like any, mm unspoken things can rot a relationship very hmm. quickly and especially things like that hmm. uh, okay yeah i won't uh, comment yes. anymore on the speculation yes, yes. let's <laughs> leave it until the next episode when we uh when i read the next two chapters yes all right everyone uh thank you for listening we were xenogenesis uh xenogenesis xenothesis <laughs> <laughs> there you go i made a yep, mistake similar name uh we're xenothesis <laughs> you can find all of the uh, recordings on xenothesis.com all the website that we upload our recording are there i was michael glinka i was rich Nixon. thank you bye bye <laughs>